Welcome to Everything Scary. My name is Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, local celebrity. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, international celebrity. Thank you. Matt McLean. Hello, hello. <laughs> Every Tuesday, we release a new episode, mostly true crime, but we've also been known to cover a pandemic, a haunting, a super mad, super strong chimpanzee. We'll cover anything and everything scary. Please rate us five stars and join us on Instagram at Everything Scary Pod. Here we go. Good morning, or whenever it is you'll listen. Fresh mornings. I love that you have fresh mornings with Matt and Tara taped to your desk. Yes. Would you forget where you were? If, yes. Oh, it okay. has happened many a times. Okay. Uh, that is those those labels to say where I work are not preventative. Yeah, sorry, they're not preventative. They are reactive. <laughs> I didn't put them up there before I made the mistake. <laughs> I made the mistake and then put them up there. It's like, uh, hey, it's Matt and Tara. Uh, uh, hope you're having a great day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's adorable. I know. I'm a big dumb idiot. <laughs> so, this is a Patreon episode. We love our Patreons, and thank you for being a friend. Oh, it's like the uh, you're just stealing from the Golden Girls. <laughs> that's right. Dun, dun, dun. Which, so, by the way, have you watched the Golden Girls recently in thing. the last? Oh, those bitches are savage to each other. It's crazy. Like, you could never, I mean, we say that about everything, but it just wouldn't fly. No. A lot of slut shaming with... Uh, Blanche. Yeah, a lot. Like, really bad, too. Well, I mean... Yeah, the shoe fits, right, Blanche? Weren't they always... Like, didn't they all wear shoulder pads? Yes. Well, I've never noticed... For, what is with shoulder pads? Except for B. Arthur. She was naturally stout. Who? No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> shoulder pads? Yeah, I, what's the sex appeal? As a man, what do you see sexy when you see a lady with broad shoulders? As a man, I didn't realize women had shoulders until you mentioned it right now. <laughs> uh, so, not the most shoulders. Those just really hold up your brassiers, don't they? Brassiers. Uh, the <laughs> they hold up our beige brassiers, women. Isn't this right, ladies? <laughs> Isn't that what you use for your non-mentionables? Ugh, underwire. Am I right? I'm so over it. First thing I do when I get home. Get this bra off of me. Oh, my God. You're fucked. <laughs> okay. So, like I said, let's start off by saying how much we love our Patreons. Hello, Patreons. And how amazing it is to see our little Facebook community is growing. I mm -hmm. mean, it's no, it's not huge. No. But I think we get to know our We're people. no Mr. Beast. <laughs> well, not on this platform anyways. No. But on your OnlyFans, you're doing really well. I am doing <laughs> extremely well on my OnlyFans. <laughs> um, I just want to thank Louis the Creep. <laughs> Um, One-legged Larry. <laughs> yeah, oh, my two biggest subscribers this week. I just, with, without them. He just keeps upping his pledge. Oh, that's, you know what? And I was like, why are you upping it only by He's five like, cents every I time? I only He's need like, one five shoe. Five cents a can. <laughs> one shoe. So um, here's the story for you. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> this story, it also, it's not great. It's it's a murder story. So really? You got to be shitty. This one's not going to be a good one. It's not as bad as kid murder. So, okay. um, and this one does lead to some pretty important laws. So today I'm going to be covering the murder of up and coming actress Rebecca Schaefer. So as I like to do, I'm going to tell you a bit of who Rebecca was. She was born Rebecca Lucille Schaefer. She was born on November 6th in 1967 in Eugene, Oregon. Oregon? Oregon? Uh, Oregon. Oregon? Oregon. No, not Oregon. 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 <laughs> now I've said it too much. It's lost all meaning. I don't know what the words are. Oregon. Oregon? Oregon. I'm ben. so sorry. Uh, you know what? I don't think there's anybody in Oregon in our Patreon, so 
Let's no, and that's by design. You never, <laughs> you, never geo, you geolocate our online advertising. People are so like, I'm just trying to give you money. I'm like, no, sorry. Target. Thank sorry. you. <laughs> Where are you from? Oh, actually, you know what? We're actually canceling. Massachusetts? No, you yeah. can't come in. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she was born to parents, Dana and Benson Schaefer. Benson was a child psychologist and Dana was a teacher. She was an only child, and the three of them were just about as tight of a unit as you can get. Rebecca once said that no matter where they were in the world, they were a three-legged stool. Like, and yeah, like a milking stool? <laughs> yeah, I mean, thing. any kind of stool. Okay. Uh, that kind of became a thing that they would say to each other. And uh, I also just went way ahead in my notes. Wow, are you time traveling again? <laughs> Don't tell me how it ends. No spoilers. <laughs> Rewind to the beginning, please. So, I don't know if her dad had rose-colored glasses on. I did mention this to you in the regular feed episode, but in an interview that I watched, uh, the show was called Your Biggest Fan. Her dad raves about just what an easy kid she was. He said that at two and a half years old, her mother asked her, do you think you can keep your diaper dry? And just like that, she was potty trained. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, if that's true, then I'm beyond amazed and impressed because I've probably spent about $12,000 in bribes to get my three potty trained. Yeah, you don't even know how to potty train. You probably didn't even tell your kids, hey, could you keep it dry? You are probably like, hey, listen, we don't need to do this. Here's how we do You I'm such don't a know. fucking idiot. Do you know anything? I should have just said guys. Yeah, listen. Please. Hey, excuse me. Kid, who I obviously knows reason, um... We're going to need to just kind of keep it dry down there, okay? <laughs> they would have been like, that sounds great. Wow. I'm sorry for any inconvenience I've offered. Wow. What do you offer as a mother? Anything, really? Yeah, wow. Wow. Bullshit. Bull- just a big <laughs> heaping pile of bullshit. Yeah. So um, he also said that in grade five, he asked her to start getting good grades. And when she asked why, he said, because we want you to, okay? That was that. And she was like, on the honor roll. <laughs> just like that. Again, you're probably making your kids study I'm t- and I'm helping them with their homework. Like, be smarter. Gather around. Gather around. That's right. Be smarter, kids. Um, so not only was she smart and kind and beautiful, she has that crazy big natural curly hair, like Julia Roberts kind of. Okay. So full and makes me jealous. Tons of volume and bounce. Mm, I love it. You've got bouncy hair. No, I don't. But thank you so much for saying that. Why is it not bouncy? It's not bouncy. You've got bounces in it. Like, I mean, if I was on a trampoline, it might bounce. <laughs> Look. I very rarely want to stop the pod in the middle of one, but I think we need to. That's, first of all, that's false. That's true. I always, <laughs> I never want to start, and I always want to finish. Hmm. Oh, you're such a good team player. Thank you. <laughs> so, what did you want to stop the pod for? You to get up on a trampoline, and we'll test to see <laughs> okay. your bounce of your hair. So, you know, her face was... Very naturally pretty. She's just one, really one of those girls that like less is more. Mm, okay. Not the case for me. No, more is more. more. Yeah. Much, much more. Yeah. Like just put, is okay. I like look at the mirror when I'm going at it. I'm like, a bit more. Yeah. You don't, yeah. You're not one of those people that needs to rush getting ready. Like just. You should really keep, once you think you're done, just like a couple more layers. A little bit more. Yeah. Turn up the volume. <laughs> So the family would later move to Portland, where Rebecca attended high school. Oregon, Oregon. <laughs> I'm going to need you to stop doing I'm that. Sorry. <laughs> so she would participate in school plays. She had a very large circle of friends, and it was at about the age of like 13 or 14 where people started to really compliment Rebecca on her natural beauty, and she would often receive the comment that she would do well in modeling. And one day, when she was at a salon getting her 
stupid, big, beautiful hair done. (laughs) Her stylist mentioned to her that another one of her clients was an agent with a modeling agency. And she thought that it would benefit Rebecca to meet her. And that was when Rebecca met Nanette Troughton, who said that she could see the potential in Rebecca as soon as she walked into the room. Mm. Eventually, at the age of 16, under Nanette's guidance, Rebecca ended up moving to New York, where she would share a two-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Um, Ever heard of it? Did Rebecca ever light up a room? A chance? Life of a party. Oh, God. Okay, I know where this is headed. Yeah. So... She would share a two-bedroom apartment with five other aspiring models and actresses. It's called Matt's... It's called called Matt's... Matt's brain. That's what he thinks about in a dark room Mm. at night. (laughs) All right, girls. Elephite. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to finish that tickle fight tournament or what? (laughs) I got winner. Can I borrow your bra? Uh, They always Underwires, am I right, girls? (laughs) Let's burn them. Who's with me? So... This was only supposed to be a summer internship, but Rebecca fell in love with the city, and she begged and pleaded with her parents, telling them that if she was able to stay, she promised that she would complete her high school. And her parents were very worried about their only child, but they decided that they would allow her to pursue her dream. Um, I did read that her father is a child psychologist, Mm -hmm. but he put his career on hold to (laughs) study Yiddish theater. (laughs) Nice. The man knew... What a dream was. What? <laughs> He's like, I did it. You got to do it too. Aside from, uh, we're like Fiddler on the Roof. There'd be Yentl. I don't know. I did not know there was a big Yiddish theater district. You know 200% more than I I know about. I, 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 <laughs> Yiddish theater. I don't even know if it, that, I'm actually it, really I, impressed with you I don't even know Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, yeah, it would be. There'd be Yiddish in it. Wow. Your man that is If well I was versed. a rich man. You know that song? I have all the money in the world if I was on a... Isn't that a... There's a new version of that. Yeah, so they took it from... Uh, no doubt. Gwen Stefani. Which is not a new song. It's Gwen. It was Gwen. Yeah, Gwen I mean, Banger. It's like 2001, I think. Yeah. It's like, okay, Gwen, we got it. Remember when they threw the bounty killer? <laughs> so Rebecca would land small TV roles and extras positions and... Then came her big break. She would get the role of Annie Banas on the soap opera One Life to Live. Ooh, soap work. That's good. And a soap was a far cry from where she wanted to be, but she knew that she had to start somewhere, and she happily took the spot. Everyone on set was wowed by this young girl's professionalism and her drive. Ironically, and you'll see why it's ironic shortly, but her character was a young girl who was being stalked and you know soap operas, right? Like, it was so funny to watch because I was, like, watching these scenes. And she, like, comes into the room and she's, like, looking around. Like, she's so concerned. Like, there's somebody there, but she doesn't. And then he is just this hot guy with no shirt on. And he's, like, hiding behind a couch. Like, literally, like, he's, like, Wilson from Home Improvement. <laughs> feet are under the curtains. I'm, like, I obviously didn't watch the whole episode. Yeah. I'm, like, why is he topless? <laughs> and then she's just... She's so puzzled, and then she just turns around and leaves, and he's, like, still crouching. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was funny. You sure it wasn't Passions? I do love that. It sounds like a big That's passions. a Timmy and Tabitha moment right oh there. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you really have to be able to suspend reality in order to get into one of these shows. Yeah, sure. um, Her time on the show was from late May to early June of 1985 until early October of 1985. Okay. So nice her role arc. was, like, six months kind yeah. of thing. 
Rebecca was also attending acting school for three days a week and five hours a day. And she, you know, she had the looks to be a model, but she only stood at about 5'7". Oh, yeah. That's and not model in New height. York, she was far too short to be on the runway. The clothing always looked much better on taller girls. But in 1985, Nanette, so the agent. And the um, Yet she thought that maybe Rebecca would fare better as a model in Tokyo, where the average height was much shorter than in New York. So Rebecca took a chance and she flew it to Tokyo, where she lived for less than a year. And when she came home after not having much luck there either, um, you know, she moved back to New York. Mm -hmm. Of course, Rebecca was always welcome to come home to her parents in Bend or Gion. But this was her passion and she needed to try and give it her all. After Japan and her one life to live job had dried up. That's hard to say. After Japan and her one life to live job. After Japan, I'm a professional. After Japan and her one life to live job. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, you might want to stock up on some pens and paper because bitch, you just got taken to school. I literally just watched a master performing his art. (laughs) Is that like when Gordon Ramsay cooks for people? That's exactly like, or Emerald. Bam. That's what it was. Bam, girl. (laughs) So she did a few extra spots. She did a couple of high-end, like, just extra spots, though, like, big-name productions, Mm -hmm. little roles. Uh, She just needed, basically, to keep the money coming in. But she eventually got to the point where her phone was cut off. And, you know, she's living with five other people. Mm -hmm. So they're all not doing super great. So it was cut off due to non-payment. Oh, five people couldn't come up with the money for a phone bill. Yeah, because this ain't cell phone time. No. Party line. That's exactly right. So one day in 1986, because her phone was cut off, her agent left a note on her door. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Warner Brothers executives had seen some of Rebecca's audition tapes, and they were really interested in seeing her audition for a new sitcom that was in the works. You were the king of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Mm -hmm. If you heard about this sitcom, Mm -hmm. I will eat my shoe. (laughs) All right. So she was on a plane the very next day. When she was offered the part, she naturally had to be closer to the Warner Brothers studio, so she moved to Los Angeles, where her grandfather lived, and that put her parents at ease because, you know, she had somebody living close to her. She was now 19, and she was just out doing her own thing and getting roles for sitcoms. The show that she had auditioned for and ultimately got was called My Sister Sam. Nope. Yes, I don't have to eat my show. I don't think I know it. And she would be playing younger sister to the show's star, who was Pam Dauber, who at the time would be well-known for her role as Mindy from Work and Mindy. Okay. Her husband, in real life, was NCSI's Mark Harmon. Huh. Before, uh, he still uh, is her husband. I thought Mark Harmon was Lisa Renna? No, that's Harry Hamlin. Oh, right, right. Don't come at me with house waves. Wait, Mark <laughs> Mark Harmon, what was the show you said? Oh, NCSI. NCAA. Yeah, okay, that's right, right, right. Yeah, Mark Harmon. <laughs> yeah, Harry <laughs> Hamlin is Lisa Renna, and he is over her shit. <laughs> he, like, comes to Canada and goes camping all the time. People are like, he's clearly cheating. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, that's just our opinion. <laughs> yeah, my allegedly. Opinion, maybe? My yeah, you can see him in the Port Carling IG8. <laughs> so... When Pam and Rebecca began filming together, they hit it off right out of the gate, and Rebecca actually moved into the couple's home to make the commute easier. Oh, cool. In the show, it was like super 80s style. It was like that kind of like soft rock the intro. opening, and yeah. it's like 
clips like when they're introducing the characters it's like different clips of them like doing things that are in the shows yeah right and they're like like, like typing on like, a typewriter yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it's like right. on the phone like you just around me okay I gotta get wait is that a camera oh my hi okay I gotta go. <laughs> you put the phone against your chest like yeah. you yeah, that's right yeah <laughs> so um, yeah it's very 80s style I watched the pilot like for some reason I felt like I had to watch a lot of this show okay and I did nice I'm proud of you Thank you so very much. You <laughs> my, do the legwork. You my, walk so I can run. <laughs> my husband is always like, he'll like come in and I'm watching this stupid 80s with a fucking laugh track. And yeah. he's like, I thought you had to work. Yeah, and right. Like, um. Uh, hello. I am. And then he comes in and I'm watching the housewives, <laughs> like pretending to take notes. Lip injection. Yeah. <laughs> no, one of these <laughs> bitches scary. Trust me. <laughs> We so, sh- can I request an episode? Fuck yeah. The lady from the housewives that steals the jewelry, the earrings. She didn't for, steal them. With the, or sorry, with the piece of shit husband that is the Eric Aaron Brockovich guy. Can we do that? Is yeah. that like, is you that like a I five-parter do? or is that like a, I want to do Erica and I want to do Jen I, Shaw from uh, Salt Lake. I would like to do them both. No, you don't well. want to do Jen Shaw. No? I promise you that. Oh no. But what she was doing was Jen, and like if you ever watch her interviews, like when they're like, How did you have all this money? Yeah. She was like, Well, you know, when like you are shopping online and like the algorithm, and then like it tells you like different things that you want to look, you're looking up her right now, aren't you? No, I am. Um... It's S H A H. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did you do. S-H-A-W, didn't you? I did, yeah. Oh, you're special. Um, I mean, all of these photos, she looks... Okay, her eyebrows aren't real. I Yeah, I got... Well, I got really no problem with that. <laughs> but so what she did... Okay, so all of her interviews were like, yeah, you know, the algorithm, and the algorithm is... Like, she would just, like, fucking talk in circles. But what she did was she would be that person that calls elderly people and says, why don't you... Give us money, basically, like, here, you need to be a middleman for Amazon. And, like, all you have to do, essentially, is just give us your email and, like, these things will circulate through you. And you get get paid no matter what. You get paid. All you have to do is sit at home. And she'd be fucking ripping these people off. Like, she had, like, a huge glam squad. Her husband is a dreamboat to me, but I don't know if he knew anything and I am on like the Salt Lake City Housewives Facebook group because I'm a loser but um oh yeah Sharif oh he's so hot oh he's a football player <laughs> he's a coach they call wow. him Coach Shaw no shit and uh her nose is hanging on by a thread <laughs> <laughs> you're one away from being the greatest pop star of our generation <laughs> not Taylor Swift talking about Michael Jackson Okay. There was an episode of Botch that I was just telling you about. With yeah. The she was in it? No, but this lady, oh. <laughs> her whole nose was concaved, and they were like, okay, so here's... Was it drugs? When we see a nose like yours, <laughs> it's one of three things. Ooh. One is a genetic disorder. Yeah. Um, one is like your body's eating itself, essentially. And the third is heavy cocaine use. And she's like, yeah. I used to go out a lot. It's Come me. on. No <laughs> like, way. She, she admitted to like it just, uh, her whole septum's been wow. destroyed. Yeah. So they had to rebuild up her nose. I didn't see the end of it. I just saw that one part, but it was hilarious because he was like, it's either these three things. Look, lady, like, tell us what's going on here. Oh, man. It was just Do you like, do a lot of cocaine? Define a lot. <laughs> like it would eat away at your nose? Well... <laughs> She's like, Define a lot. She's you're, like, you be the judge. <laughs> you, 
<laughs> is it really that bad? You're on botched. For, for we do spot surgeries. You never had a surgery. Your face is so fucked up. You're the only one in the history of this show to be on the show without a first surgery. This is going to be your first surgery. <laughs> oh, sorry. I need to fucking get my septum removed. <laughs> I would make these horrendous snorting. Have you thought over. about doing massive amounts of cocaine? I mean, that's, that's my only option at this point. I, I got to be honest with you. As a mother of three, I'm surprised you're not doing it already. I'm surprised you have a nose. <laughs> Okay, let's get back into this obligation. Yeah, let me close this lady's Google image. <laughs> because you're sexually aroused. Yes. By the idea of her ripping off elderly people. That mm. says a lot about you. <laughs> you know what the new big thing with the elderly is going to be? Her nose is hanging <laughs> um, AI is really going to fuck with the grandparents scam. Because you know, it's like... Uh, Hi, Gammy. It's me, Timmy. I'm in a holding cell in uh, Shanghai. Can you send me $50? Oh, my God, of course. But now they're going to actually have Timmy's voice with oh, AI. Wow. So yeah. even the smart grandparents are going to fall for it. Oh, God. Because it'll be it, the voice. You know voice. what? The scams are so extensive nowadays that, like, my dad, who is part of a credit union, like, he's, he doesn't oh. even have a normal fucking bank. Yeah. He's part of a credit he's an, union. He owns a bank. He's it's a bank like, owner. It's Meridian. Yeah. I don't even... but. He went on his his banking page. site and he put in all of his information. Yeah. And whatever. Things seemed to be normal. And then he went on his bank later on and he had noticed that a weird random three thousand dollar amount had gone out. Oh. And my dad worked for the board and he had just gotten his pension payout. So like three thousand dollars wouldn't have really been something he would have even noticed because he was just getting paid out. Baller alert. But my dad alert. is also an s- insane person. So he would be <laughs> like, somebody took me for three cents. But so yeah. he called his bank and they were like, well, no, you called in and uh. you gave us your date of birth. You authorized everything and you wanted to take out this man because I guess you had to get like confirmation to be able to take out $3,000. Wow. And my dad's like, no, I didn't. And, but what had happened was when he went into his bank account and my dad said there's something ever so slightly at the end of it. Like if it's like meridian.com, it would have been like dash one or something like that. Like it, And it was a skin that came up mm. that they had duplicated his site and he had put in all of his information. Yeah. And then they called. But when they played it back, the person on the phone had like a very thick accent. Yeah. So they knew that it wasn't my dad. And my dad thinks that because they just had. But they uh, gave it to him? They gave them the $3,000, but they didn't know my dad didn't have an accent when they first talked to him, right? Because oh, like, he doesn't right. call in all the time. Yeah. But my dad had just had like a new window and a new door and stuff put in, mm. and it cost like just, just under $3,000. Mm. And my dad thinks that they could see this, and okay. they thought that if he saw this $3,000 amount, he would just be like, oh, well, that was probably the window and the door that I just had installed. So yeah, so they ended up giving my dad back all this money, but it was like this very, you know, it's not like a common bank account. It's yeah. not like a, a common website. And they imitated it exactly. And then they were able to call in and just have the money crazy. siphoned to them. Like, it's just so crazy nowadays how these scams that people come up with. It's too late now, but maybe for our American listeners for Thanksgiving this year, talk to your folks when everybody's around. Talk to them about these scams. Like, talk to Nan and Papa. It sucks though. It sucks. I know, so but you hard. have to. You have to. You'd be like, listen, come up with a code word or something. I know. Like, I don't know. Put it by the phone or something. I mean, I've come to the point where, like, 
it's like I'll get every single night I get your Netflix payment didn't go through. Oh yeah, yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I've gotten to the point where it's like if it's legit, then my fucking phone's gonna get shut off, and then I'll call Rogers and get it figured out because yeah, yeah. like I'm not just gonna like go onto a site and put no, in my credit card number. Like no. I'll know it's real when my shit gets cut off. That's right. <laughs> Like, in all reality, I'm not giving people my credit card number anymore. No, you won't even give it to me. I know. Jerk. That's, it's very true. So, I don't know how that whole tangent came from Mark Harmon from NCSI, but here we are. It's NCIS. What does it stand for? Uh, Naval Criminal Investigation Service, maybe? Okay. I don't know. I don't watch NCIS. But you know what? Hey, if we're talking about NCIS and we made our transition to senior scams, we're talking demographics. And we've been because more NCIS fans per capita get scammed than any other show watching fan. There's no evidence to back that up, but I bet you that's true. So, um, and then we went on to uh, talk about this 80s-style sitcom. Rebecca plays Patty Russell. We're back on track. Yeah. Who is a 16-year-old free spirit, and she moves in with her uptight professional sister, Sam. Hmm. Sounds pretty predictable. Played by Mindy. Played by Mindy. And in this episode, Sam has to throw a party. So the older sister has to throw a party for some important clients. And her little sister... Whoa. What the fuck? A <laughs> little sister? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, little sister, sorry, um, who was Re- Rebecca's character wants to invite her new boyfriend. He was like a super metal looking teen and he's got like, he looks like some 41. Like, like mohawk yeah. and like a leather jacket with studs on it. Yeah, and everyone at the party is shocked when he shows up and then in twist ending, he ends up falling for the uptight sister. What? Is there a record scratch when he walks into the uptight party? Yeah. Is that how you feel records uh, scratch? <laughs> and the day after the party Rebecca's character comes down and she's all dressed the same as like her sister like she's trying to imitate her because like her her crush falls for the sister it's a whole conundrum it's very captivating and just like that Rebecca Schaefer started to become known oh she was far from a household name but she was starting to receive fan mail and she was determined to respond to it all eventually she did come up with like a few phrases that she would like cycle through and they would come to a point where she would continue to try to be connected to her fans, but more often than not, she would have to send out like a mass-produced yeah. letter and copied autograph picture to her fans. Uh, when she did get a chance to write something, one of her go-tos was, in quotes, yours is one of the nicest letters I've received. She usually would send that note when a fan had taken like an extra long time. They wrote like a really long letter oh, nice. or something. So in 1987, this was a big year for Rebecca. She had started dating a fella. Okay. She had met him on a blind date that was set up by friends. His name was Brad Silberling. Was he in the industry? Yes, and he's actually very famous now. He's a film director. He's been quite successful. He is credited for City of Angels, Lemony Snicket's Tale of Unfortunate Events. Okay. Ever heard of him? Yeah, I made two movies. (laughs) There's a lot more, (laughs) but these were the notable ones in my eyes. Oh, did you see City of Angels? Meg Ryan and Nicolas Cage? Oh man, I have the Goo Doll Yes, oh man, I go well up right now just thinking of that fucking truck. Do it. No, stop. Think about it. Do it. Aren't they like on the top of a roof? I thought it was a <laughs> truck. She was on a bicycle <laughs> or something. It was same with uh, Mr. Uh, McSteamy, McDreamy. Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, same way. Why do I know all this? I don't know. I don't know. 
don't, don't want the world to see me. I don't think that they understand. understand. Do you know where the Goo Goo Dolls are from? Vancouver. Buffalo. What the fuck? Who's from? I know. <laughs> Isn't that funny, though? I'd lie. I'd be like Massachusetts. I would also lie. Where are you from? Hamilton. Damn it. <laughs> let, me, let me go again. That's, that's kind of like what you I just thought. said Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I, when I lived with my parents in Bradford, I was like, mm, new market. <laughs> <laughs> so also in 1987, my sister Sam was renewed for a second season. Uh, she was the cover girl in March for Seventeen magazine, and wow. she moved into a beautiful apartment located at 120 Sweetser Avenue in West Hollywood. So everything seemed to be on the up and up. And then one day, on June 2nd of 1987, well, she was getting her makeup done by her friend and makeup artist on set. Her name was Sue Cameron. She received a call in her trailer. Rebecca had been advised that a man had showed up with a large bouquet of flowers and a five-foot-tall teddy bear. Wow. First of all, that's very presumptuous because, like, we <laughs> live in a fucking cottage. And if somebody gave me a five-foot teddy bear, I don't know what the hell I'd do with it. Where's like, that going to go? Like, it takes up more room than, like, we have. And five-foot teddy bears are kind of popular now, but... I had a fucking Mickey Mouse. My brother-in-law got my kid a Mickey Mouse that was, like, taller than I am. Yeah, that's Costco. cool. And it was always somewhere. I could always <laughs> be an arm's length. <laughs> I fucking hated that thing. Did you ever get in it? Can you get in it? No. Huh? Scare the shit out of people? Can you get in it and scare people? Do you know my mom did that to me when I was a kid? Like Amazing. she made, uh, we had a pink panther and a Donald duck that were like real sized. And for Halloween one year, she fucking gutted them and turned them into costumes. And wow. It was traumatizing. She's like, here, get in the carcass of your friend. <laughs> oh, my God. Get in the rotting carcass of your childhood idol. <laughs> like, thanks, Mom. You couldn't fucking spring for the $25 to get a costume. <laughs> she just yeah. massacred my toys. Here, Mom, it's the 80s. It's not like the fucking $100 costumes <laughs> nowadays. My kids last year, they were Mario, Luigi, and Yoshi. Mm -hmm. Guess what they're going to be this year? Uh, Luigi, Luigi, Mario, and Yoshi. You got it. <laughs> And that's um, not even my choice. That's all the same choice. order? Like same character? Or Jake will always switch? be Mario. Yeah. Max wants to be Yoshi. Olivia is hit or miss. So if she wants to be something else, she can. But they're probably, the boys are gonna, probably going to strong armor into You obviously, oh, I think we've talked about the Costco. Uh, yeah, that's where I got them. The, no, the Costco uh, Mario Adelson. Kart. Oh, yeah. The go-kart. That's crazy. Are you buying three of them for your kids? I just, I really can't go in there. They already have all power wheels. Olivia has a pink Mini Cooper. Nice. Jake has the Batmobile. Oh. And Max has a red Jeep. Okay. Well, I mean, there's not a lot of Mario themed. Like the kids are farking. Farkin? Wow. Uh, but they don't have anything Mario. <laughs> Everything in their house is Mario themed. But they don't have any Mario vehicles to drive. So I don't want to say like neglect. That I'm a bad mom? I don't want to raise the neglect flag with CPS. Okay. Can I just show you my one kid's? Did you see his bed? Uh, No. It is. And even if I did, the answer is always no. <laughs> did I see a six-year-old boy's bed? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> look at this. Look at this. Oh, look at you with your outfit. Damn, girl, you got it going on. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. That is terrific. This fucking kid is doing okay. Wow. It's got a bed full of Mar. Are they? It's only Mario. No, there's uh, there's some, uh, Mario. There's Koopa shells. There's Bomb Bomb. There's Bullet Bill. There's a Goomba. 
Are you like selling Yoshi. sandwiches by the road? We got the peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> we got ham and cheese. And then he's got his lamp is the question yeah, mark. And cool. it's a woohoo Mario that you have to pull down to nice. turn it on. So he's fine. Nice. <laughs> okay. I don't know why people say we go off on tangents. It's so fucking rude. I know. Keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> Unless they're positive, then give them the lin and she can filter them to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll give them the good stuff. It's like, you guys fucking suck, and I wish you would. And I'm like, they just said they wished us yeah, all the best. They wish us all the best. <laughs> uh, so, the spy for teddy bear came. Rebecca informed the guard that she did not know the man and to please turn him away. The young man with the gifts showed the guard that he, in fact, knew Rebecca. And his way of proving that was that he showed him the response that she wrote, yours is one of the nicest letters that I've received. Oh, no. So he was still turned away, and having spent all of his money on giant teddy bears, he had to hop on a Greyhound bus and go back home. Did he leave the bear? I would assume so. Or do you take it with you on the bus, make sure no one sits next to you? Or do you wear it and pretend like you're just a bear and then you don't have to pay the fare? That is a great call. <laughs> <laughs> you make friends with the person at the bus, carry me on. Yup, yup, yup. The man who showed up that day was named Robert John Bardo. Now, do you know why it seems like a lot of killers have three names? Uh, no. The reason is, not because they have, like, John Wayne Gacy, it's because if somebody just says John Gacy, there's probably a whole bunch of fucking John Gacy's out there. Mm, true. You want to be able, like, you don't want to just fucking be calling everybody John Gacy and saying that you have young boys buried in your floors. Yeah. You really want to make sure you're talking Truth. to the right person when you say these kinds of things. I got a feeling regardless of your middle name, you got a first and last name of John Gacy. People are saying you got kids buried. Like um, Seinfeld. <laughs> what was Seinfeld? Joel, yeah, Joel Rifkin. Fuck, that was hilarious. <laughs> Dion. Oh, Dion. Yeah, with the name changes. And then what? Oh, OJ. OJ, what about OJ? And that was before... Oh, Simpson, wasn't it? The best. So, uh, he was Robert John Bardo, and here are a few facts about Mr. Bardo. He was born on January 2nd of 1970, which would make him 19 years old at the time that these crimes that I'm about to get into were committed. Oh, wow. I, is it that. weird that I, maybe it's probably ageist, but I don't think of stalkers as young people? I mean... Like, I think of, like, a 40-year-old guy stalking her no, with, like, a members-only no, jacket, like, yeah, a button-up dress shirt on under it, and, like, khaki pants, glasses, mustache, Dahmer, basically. Okay. Well, I mean, he was 19, so, I mean, he's the exception, not the rule. <laughs> <laughs> he was 19 at the time that the crime was committed, so he was younger than Rebecca, and he lived in Tucson, Arizona, which, take note, Oregon, super easy to say. <laughs> <laughs> Take note, jackasses. <laughs> he was the youngest of seven. Wow, I bet he never craved attention from sources that wouldn't give him any. I mean, I would worry more so about two to six. Mm. Like, they're probably just like, they're not even named names, they're just numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was said that his family moved a lot. Yeah, Robert. No trying it, to leave a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they left a kid Whoops. every time they moved. Kevin! Uh-huh. So Robert, it would appear, had a bit of an obsessive personality. When he was 13, he learned of a girl whose name was Samantha Reed Smith. Do you know who this is? Sam Smith. <laughs> yes. We're talking about the pop star Sam. Yes. <laughs> no. Sam Smith. So this is Samantha Reed Smith. She was an American peace activist from Maine. 
as well as a child actor. In 1984, she actually hosted a child-oriented special to help kids learn about the presidential elections. Oh, cool. She wrote a note to, like, the prime minister of Russia. Mm -hmm. And, like, she really was trying to, like, stop wars that were... And she's a little kid, too. She was only 13. I'm in the middle of war. What is over my desk? A letter from girl. Let me take a look. Please uh, continue firebomb while I read. Uh. Dear evil dictator. He's so sweet. Continue with firing a bomb while I read. Can you please stop the war? Stop it. One second. I want to continue to read. She's making some good points. Oh, my God. Dear Evil doers. Okay. Written in crayon. <laughs> oh my god! So she was an American peace activist for me, <laughs> as well as a child actor in 1984. I got that already. What uh, is return address of Massachusetts? <laughs> what is this? Orgeon. <laughs> so she. Samantha was born in 1972, so she was two years younger than Robert. Uh, they were both children. He began to write her over and over again until he finally received a response. To him, it seemed as though she was accepting of his advances. Uh-huh. So he looked up her phone number, which is the next appropriate step, cool. which was still listed, and he would call her over and over again. Uh-uh. Like the Tim McGraw song. No? I don't know that. You don't know? I don't know the reference. I'm sorry. It's a Tim McGraw song called Over and Over Again. (laughs) I apologize. I do know that. Oh. Over and over again. I get that over. I do know that song. Oh. Well, look at me. I've never been more ashamed of myself. You need to just get yourself some chaps, a cowboy hat. I was thinking more of a stool and some rope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) So, one day, Samantha actually answered his phone call. And they had what he considered to be a great conversation. What did she consider it? (laughs) (laughs) So from then on, she never answered again. And no one in her family would allow Robert to speak with her. When communication ceased, Robert did what any normal 13-year-old boy would do. And he stole $140 out of his mother's purse and began making his way to Maine. Wow. So that he could speak with her in person. When his parents recognized what had happened, which I imagine with seven kids was probably like not instant. Yeah, he's probably when he came home. Yeah, he walked to Maine. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, they, mom and dad, I've been gone for a year. How's everybody doing? Oh, hey, um, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I know your I name. got this. I, I got know this. It. Uh, is it a D name or be that family? <laughs> what? So, when his parents recognized what happened, they called the Maine police, and Robert was taken into custody two blocks away from Samantha's house. But because he was a kid. So close, yet so far. (laughs) That's exactly right. But he had no weapons, so they simply sent him back to Arizona. Oh, my God. We're not looking at little red flags for future assholes here. I mean, seven kids. Yeah, true. You're just like you're feeding them all at this point. Yeah, that's right. On August 25th of 1985, at the young age of 13, a flight that Samantha was on would end up flying too low, getting caught in treetops, and it would inevitably kill all eight people aboard. Uh, holy shit. I didn't see that coming. Sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm going to let you just take a moment to digest that and your impersonation of her letter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. I had to. (laughs) Sure was a lovely letter. (laughs) Robert took 
this very personally. And he somehow was able to find a way in which he was responsible for Samantha's death. Okay. And this caused him to spiral into a depression. Upon reaching high school, academically, he was very bright, but he suffered socially. Mm -hmm. He would later claim that he was badly abused by one of his siblings growing up. I mean, this is... Couldn't narrow his, down. He's like one of them. <laughs> one of them did it. <laughs> and this would lead to suicide ideations. I, did, I you know. Ideations? I was thinking ideology, but I don't think that's the right word. I don't even think that is a word, if I'm yeah, being you're probably. <laughs> 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 I, It's like the study of ideal things. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> ideology? Ide, ideology? Ideology? I don't know. I don't know things. So, as well as having thoughts of hurting others. Including a school teacher. He had written multiple letters to this teacher and he expressed these feelings of self-harm as well as he was threatening to hurt her. Oh. When his parents were made aware of this, that he was making threats to hurt himself and others, they said he was fine. Are you? Like, <laughs> Hello? <laughs> uh, do we have another kid? We do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's us. But like, at 13, he traveled to Maine and now he's threatening to hurt people. Like... Do you maybe think at some point you should rein in this issue? <laughs> Fucking 80s. It's a wild time. You never pick favorites for kids, but I mean, maybe just focus on this one a little bit. Just for a little bit. Yeah. In 1986, Robert had seen a commercial for the sitcom My Sister Sam. Uh oh And he instantly felt a connection with the curly-haired girl with the silly, carefree attitude. He would record every single episode of the show. Rebecca even co-hosted the Santa Claus Parade here in Toronto. I mean... Right over there in Toronto, <laughs> not here. <laughs> yeah, but down like, in. A down, stone's throw away. Down south. Yeah. Not to the west where you're pointing. <sighs> so, <laughs> so, you know, that was in 1986, and Robert would record that as well. That was like me with Hanson. We have no fucking family videos. No. It would be like my brother's like, like second birthday party, and it's like, where's the love? Oh, my God. <laughs> like like, Lynn's birth video. <laughs> you're killing me. But what the fuck happened? <laughs> so a month after the June incident with the teddy bear and flowers, Robert would make a second attempt to see Rebecca on the Warner Brothers lot. But this time, instead of bringing gifts, he would bring a knife in a paper bag. That's a terrible present. That is way worse than the five-foot teddy bear. Why the paper bag? Um, I, maybe you couldn't afford a sheath? Oh, the knife was in the paper bag? Yes. Oh, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. What would you carry your knife in? A sheath. Oh, well, <laughs> apparently not all of us are fucking international celebrities. Uh, what would I carry a knife in? I don't know. I probably wouldn't carry, I wouldn't even, that would not even occur to me. A rag. What, what am I going to keep A rag knife would make more today? sense. Yeah, maybe a rag. Yeah. A towel. Good call. Well, see, men have way bigger pockets than women. That's like, true. We, half the blade would be hanging out of my pocket. I know, you guys always get super fucking pumped. You're like, it's got pockets! I'm like, okay, take it easy. Look at these bags. Yeah, look, I can twirl, and it's got pockets. That's right. So this time, he had a knife. But again, without any issue, Robert was turned away. And instead of uh, just being, you know, abrupt and rude with him, the head of security actually drove Robert to his hotel room. Yeah, I could see that. Um, we're going we're gonna to take <laughs> you there. We're going to make uh, sure you're not here. Yeah, anymore. okay, Robert. I think the... Is Warner? No, maybe Universal. What is Dr. Phil? Where is Dr. Phil's studios? Uh, I think he's Paramount. So Paramount? He's CBS. I think. Because uh, he's syndicated. So he would be on probably, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
You're like, I, I you know what? Normally I filibuster. Fuck you today. I think all of that <laughs> is bullshit. I can look it up for you if you'd like to know real yeah, quick. You know, it is what it is. Dr. Phil Studios. Da, 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 doesn't say real quick. Okay. Um, so. Paramount you, Pictures. <clears throat> you're so smart. Um, they drove him to his hotel room and basically told him to move on and leave Rebecca alone. But like nicely. Really super nice. Hey, bud. Hey, um, sweet C. Hey, what you got in the paper bag? <laughs> Sammy? Oh, that's a nice bag. What do you got in there? Some chocolates? Some treats? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's looking good today. <laughs> so uh, he went back to Tucson to stew in the fact that, you know, this girl who he thought was his soulmate was getting too big for her britches mm-hmm. and was snubbing him. And after having wasted so much time on trekking in Rebecca, he kind of gave up, which okay. didn't seem like his MO, but who am I? And he decided that maybe it'd be a little bit easier if he like just went after like pop stars. So at oh, okay. first he was like into McDon- Madonna and then he was like, well, she's too old. Gross. Okay. All right. And then he was into Debbie Gibson and Tiffany. However, none of his letters that he was sending out to these pop stars were being answered. Mm. And in his break from stalking Rebecca, Robert would actually get arrested three times. Once was a domestic with his brother. After his third arrest, he was ordered to take mandatory counseling, which he did not do. And, uh, there was nobody there to step in and say, maybe you should do that mandatory stuff. So they should just call it counseling. They should just call it like a friendly suggestion. Hey, me pick up a, it's called pick up a pamphlet on your way out. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Or just, just be a little bit more chill. Yeah. Either like, way is fine. You're at a 10. We're going to need you at like a seven and a just half. Just pull back a little bit. Thanks. <laughs> so sadly, when the second season of My Sister Sam aired on October 3rd of 1987, ratings were way down. Uh-oh. By November, the show had been put on hiatus, and after only airing 10 of the 22 episodes, the show was officially canceled. And Rebecca was out of work again, and once again, she was tasked with going on auditions and all that. Extra work and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. But Rebecca had accepted an offer to be in a movie. It was released on June 3rd of 1989, and it was called Scenes from the Class Struggle in Beverly Hills. Never heard of it. Not in a million years. (laughs) <laughs> in the movie Rebecca played a girl whose name was I wrote Sandra afterwards I looked it up and it was Zandra Zandra? Z. that's yeah. fucking cool who has a sex scene with Frank who is played by Ray Sharkey a sex scene or a sex scene? <laughs> a sex scene <laughs> do you know who Ray Sharkey is? I don't think so neither do I and when Robert saw this oh his vision of this sweet, innocent, fresh-faced girl came crashing in. Robert would now send Rebecca letters and would call her things like nudie two-shoes. Nudie two-shoes? Yeah, like, That's kind of clever, actually. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, you looked like you hated it. I did. I didn't get it. And then I saw it like... I didn't uh, appreciate it uh, I got at it. first. Um, he thought she was selling it and becoming another... Hollywood whore. That I cannot endorse. I don't know. Just nudie two shoes. You're going to get that tattooed on your stamp, your your, uh, tramp stamp. I'd have to get the handlebars covered up, but yeah, (laughs) I could make room for it for sure. (laughs) Handlebars? (laughs) What kind of handlebars? Like bike handlebars? Like you don't have a bike? You don't have a bicycle handlebar tramp stamp? (laughs) What are they going to hold on to, girl? Have you never seen? (laughs) I've never. No. No? No. It's pretty cool. Did you say I'm not very cool? No, I said, I said, it's very cool. Oh. You are cool. 
You are. You have a good, a cool look to you. It's because I have pink hair right now. Once you talk, you realize you may not be as cool as you look. <laughs> but you look cool. So what do you think I should do to make me sound cooler? Should I start smoking? Yes. <laughs> Definitely start smoking. Definitely stop talking. Oh, dude, I love making fun of you. It is one of my favorites. Look at you. He can't even breathe. <laughs> <laughs> smoking, smoking and less talking. Got it. Got it. You would be so cool. Let me just note that in my... <laughs> okay, check, check. <laughs> so. Zandra. Zandra. Zexine. Two shoes. Hollywood horror. And so Robert did the normal thing that a lot of people do when, you know, they see an actor or an actress that they fancy and they watch them in like an intimate role with another person who's also getting paid to be there. And he hired a private investigator whose name was Anthony Zinkus. You got to be shitting me. <laughs> His last name is Zinkus. Does that not remind you of Dinkus? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. All right, Dinkus, what do you got for me? Zinkus, whatever. It's Dinkus. <laughs> so Robert would pay Anthony $250 to find out the address and the date of birth for the lovely Rebecca Schaefer. And Anthony gladly accepted the role after contacting the DMV and paying a small fee. Bingo bongo. Anthony had all the information that he needed. Wow. Anthony seems like a bit of a stalker himself. Well, Anthony is a private investigator. And if you should know better. Robert had known that you just have to call the DMV and pay a very, very small fee, he could have saved himself $250. How is that a thing where you can walk into a government office and pay 10 bucks and get somebody's fucking driver's license info? A celebrity nonetheless. Like anybody, really. <sighs> yeah, shit. I've been paying, like, people come to me and they get your address. I you just, bitch. Yeah. You son of a bitch. You're like, that's why there's that lineup out front. That's your mom's right. like, Matthew! <laughs> your whores are back. <laughs> I told you not downstairs. <laughs> 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 so, you know, because at this point there were no laws in place that prevented the DMV from disclosing all of your private information to a complete stranger. And just like that, Robert had Rebecca's home address and he set off to meet his crush. Awesome. Although now it was a bit different because in Robert's eyes, she no longer held that innocence that she once no? had. She's a Jezebel. A cheating Jezebel. A Hollywood W. <laughs> It was July 18th now, so it was just over a month since the movie had been released in the States that he had seen her in. Mm -hmm. uh, neighbors would later testify that Robert would walk up and down Rebecca Street with an autographed picture of her and would ask if they could confirm that she lived there. And that Robert's head was unnaturally bobbing. Like one of the neighbors said like it was like his head was doing this and then like the natural motion of his walking was also like. Like a bobblehead. Yeah. Like shaking a bobblehead. Yeah. So it was un. <laughs> That's how my dad dances, actually. And he goes, "Yeah," he gets his arms going. And this is great for the pod listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on, man, man. We're grooving. Is he just always dancing when you're talking? Yeah, yeah, right on. <laughs> so he asked a delivery man named John Corbett if he knew if Rebecca lived there. John would testify, and he would say that he tried to ignore him, but then Robert came right up to his vehicle, oh my like God. right up to his window. He's like, "Hey." And he asked John if he knew him, and John didn't say anything. And he said, have you delivered a package to her? And John told him that he didn't want to answer any more questions about Rebecca. So, like, Good. hi, fucking DMV. Yeah. Ask John how you should run your no business. Shit. So, me yelling at 1989 DMVs. <laughs> Is John Corbett the guy from Sex in the City? 
Or just the same name, different name? That's Aiden, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think you're right, but I, I, I couldn't say for sure. Wouldn't that be crazy if that was him? Watch this. Is this his Imagine he story? started as a... <laughs> Delivered. Hey, Siri. Yeah? What? What do you want? I'm sleeping. Why are you bogging me? She's listening to you. Okay. Hey, Siri. Who is John Corbett? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's some information. Uh, Sex in the City, Aiden Shaw. Whoa. Boom. John Corbett, delivery driver, <laughs> actor, activist. So, after harassing people for some time, Robert belt up the nerve to go to the door and ring the buzzer. The buzzer was to the right, so it's like a um, like a roofed area. There's a glass door in front of him, and then now it's different. It's The building has been there since like 1920-something. Okay. But on the right side, there used to be buzzers and like an intercom and whatnot. She was number four, and her buzzer said Schaefer right on it. So, uh, yikes. What Robert didn't know was that Rebecca's buzzer was like half broken. So she could hear people buzzing to get in, but she wasn't able to respond to make sure like it was who she wanted it to be. And on this day, it was just the perfect storm because Rebecca had an audition at 11 o'clock. She was expecting a script for The Godfather 3. Oh, wow. This was a Francis Ford Coppola movie, and Rebecca had actually been pre selected as someone that they wanted to audition for the part. Hmm. She was set to play Michael Corleone's daughter, who is single-handedly responsible for scarring me for life. Do you remember that scene when she gets shot at the opera? No. So Francis Ford Coppola in The Godfather, Godfather Three. Oh, I don't. I I think I've only seen like I only really remember the Pope and like the hearings, like the congressional stuff. So what he ended up, he wanted Rebecca Schaefer. We're going to find out where Rebecca couldn't take it, but then he wanted Winona Ryder. Oh, okay. And Winona had been like, she had three movies on the go and was like sick from exhaustion, so she couldn't take it. So Francis Ford Coppola brought in his own daughter to play the role. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. And so she ends up getting shot in the movie on, like it's like a rain of gunfire on the, the steps of the opera. And... I saw this movie because my dad is, I don't know how he does it, how he fucking does this. This is before like anything was streamed. Yeah. If The Godfather 1, 2, or 3 is on any channel, my dad knows about it. And it was basically on a loop in our household for fucking how many years, I don't know. But so they come out of the opera and this gunfire rains down and then he's looking around to like see who got shot and then she's wearing this gold dress and she just looks at him and she goes, Dad? And she's got she's been shot like right Oh my here. god. And she falls down and then he falls down and he like grabs her head and he's like trying to see if she's alive and he's like shaking her head and her oh even to this day I get goosebumps thinking about it because he's like screaming like yeah. he's in so much pain and I just my dad made me watch it when I was like fucking eight. And now <laughs> I'm just Ruined, <laughs> and that's why I drink wine. If so. it makes you feel better, he only wanted sons. <laughs> <laughs> so he was so broken about it. And my like, son and her head, like he's like he picks her up, and her head's like just bobbling back and forth. I'm like, oh my god, crazy! And that Sorry. girl would grow up to become one of the greatest directors of our time. Is she really? Yeah. Is she? Sofia Coppola. Oh yeah. Wow. Screw that shit. All right. Well, that's our uh, she is everything Godfather. <laughs> So Rebecca 
had been expecting somebody to be buzzing the door so that she could get this script that she had to go later on that day for. Mm -hmm. She came running down the stairs and opened the door. And Robert would say that it was amazing to see her. Like, she didn't have her makeup done. She didn't have her hair done. Like, she just looked so fresh. Yeah, Yeah, And he stammered a bit, but he explained to her that he was her number one fan. And he said that she sounded annoyed. Which is so weird, right? Yeah. Like that's like why would she be annoyed? That's crazy. I <laughs> love it when people show up at my house unannounced. It's fucking great. <laughs> so she said he said that she thanked him for being a fan, but explained to him that it was not appropriate for him to show up on her private property. No shit. And she flatly tells him to please not return. And she said, please take care. And she shook his hand. Robert left and he went to a nearby restaurant named Jan's. Um, fun fact, it is a Chipotle, no? Oh. And it was said that he had onion rings and cheesecake. Never washed his hand. (laughs) Only washed one hand. (laughs) And while there, he realized he had not given her a letter and a cassette tape of music that he had recorded, and he had it in his pocket to give to her. Bro had a mixtape? You lead with the mixtape, bro. That's exactly right. That's one-on-one and wooing ladies of the 80s. You think she would have said, take care? No, she would have been like... Get in here. Yeah, number one, probably like, get out of my dream, <laughs> into my car. That was beautiful. Thank you. Um, so he decided, you know, I better go back. And this time, Rebecca came downstairs in a robe, and like, we only have his count of things that happened here. Oh, like he buzzed her and everything, yeah. buzzed again. Yeah, okay. So she came down in a robe. At this point, he said he thought to himself that she looked like it might be a bad time. Like, he was like, She looked like she was probably about to have a shower, so, like, probably not a great time to be killed. Uh Uh-huh. So when she opened the door this time, according to him, because he's the only one telling the story, she was a little bit more blunt with Robert. He said that she told him to hurry up and that she didn't have much time. Oh. And Robert said that he felt that this was a very callous thing to say to a fan. Yeah, he's trying to bring you a mixtape. And when he reached into his pocket, like a big accident, like a whoopsies, Instead of pulling out the letter and the tape, he accidentally pulled out a three fifty seven, and he shot Rebecca in the chest, and it went through her heart. So what was the accident? Uh, well, he meant to get... Pulling the gun out. Yeah, he meant to accident. give her the letter. Instead, he shot her. Right. So the whole process of pulling out a gun, aiming it, pulling the trigger, all by mistake, Whoops. meant to pull the mixtape out and pull the trigger of the mixtape. I got you. Okay. Good, I'm glad you're following. Mm -hmm. So he said the entire time she was just screaming, why, why? And in that moment, he considered taking his own life and falling on top of her, but instead he turned and ran away. Mm, Sometimes instincts aren't the worst. (laughs) Listen to your gut, people. There's one takeaway from today. Always trust your instincts. Listen, this man did not become an international celebrity because he's an idiot. I'll tell you that. (laughs) He's an idiot. You're right. (laughs) He's a genius. Damn right. So neighbors would rush to Rebecca's aid and call for help. And sadly, within 30 minutes of being at the hospital, Rebecca was declared dead. Wow. Directly after shooting Rebecca, Robert went down a small alley. Like, you know how, did you ever see like Nicole Brown's Simpsons, like that whole layout? Yeah, like Rocking, uh, uh, was that rocking Hill? is his, Brentwood was hers. Yeah, okay. So there's a lot of like little alleyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what he did was, like, Rebecca's house faced a street, and then there's, like, a sidewalk, and then a little alleyway, and then there's, like, it's literally an alley. And then there was, like, more houses or buildings on the other side. Mm -hmm. So 
he went down there. He removed his shirt, which was like a yellow. Like if you're gonna, nobody should kill. Nobody stalks in yellow. You don't stalk in yellow. No. So he removed his shirt and he threw it, and it landed on like the top of a building. And then he. Oh my god! What an arm. <laughs> okay, listen to this. Tell me if you know this reference. He had a copy of Catcher in the Rye. Uh, yes. And I believe that was Mark David Chapman who killed, no, did he kill or did he shoot? You're getting there. You're so Come bad. on. He shot somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, did he kill uh, John Lennon? You're so smart. Right. And he had a copy <laughs> of Catcher in the Rye in his pocket. And was he doing it to impress? Uh... No, he was just obsessed. Okay. I think. I mean, I haven't looked into the story. I just know that. He had Catcher the Rye. He was obsessed with the book, mm-hmm. and he was obsessed with John Lennon. So, is Robert, Jodie Foster involved at all? Jodie Foster was he not obsessed with her, or is that a is different a whole guy? Other thing with Jodie Foster. Yeah, somebody saw Jodie Foster You're in right. Taxi Driver and was obsessed, and I thought it was a Catcher in the Rye thing, but it might not have been Chapman. No, you are right. Let me uh, research that, and I'll get back to you. That's okay. You can keep it to yourself. <laughs> no, I'm just. Well, this is- <laughs> This is awkward. <laughs> Imagine that was just like how we did the podcast. Like I was like, okay, I have a story to tell you. Yeah, like, no, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> I got one to you. Did I ever tell you about WrestleMania 14 when the Undertaker came back to life to fight his, fight his brother who also had to come back to life? You would think the Druids that brought the Undertaker to the ring would have been the biggest storyline of that night. You'd be wrong though. Imagine like, and then I had to just like. I fed off your stories, yeah. and I just do like the things that you do. I'd be like, <laughs> "Oh boy, oh. that's crazy! You got to be shitting me! Why would anybody want to come back to life?" <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is you too. Oh my god! You got to be shitting me right now. <laughs> we should do that. Like, let's just let you tell a, a WrestleMania story for April Fools. <laughs> All the murder people are like, "What the fuck is this?" I know one wrestling guy's like, "My man." <laughs> We actually, you know what, there's a couple of our Patreons and then the guy that left the review about his fart. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're all big wrestling people. And his... his. Uh, I, ins- I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised the guy with the hilarious <laughs> fart story, big wrestling guy. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine those guys tooting in their little spandex outfits. Oof. That would not be good. Yeah, especially when you got to do one of those moves, like 90% <laughs> of them when your balls are in the guy's face. I'm so proud of you for liking them so much. <laughs> so, like I said, um, Mark David Chapman and uh, Robert had originally purchased this book because he started off hating Chapman because he loved Lennon. Mm-hmm. Um, but he soon grew to understand where he was coming from. So he had bought the book and he mm. read it multiple times trying to understand what frame of mind he had been in when he killed Lennon. He actually went to New York and visited the site. Where he had killed John Lennon. The Dutch or whatever it's called. That hotel, the Dorcher or whatever. The Dorcher. I don't know. I figure what it's called. Truthfully, I'm really honestly impressed. You might as well just quit while you're at it. All right, then. (laughs) (laughs) So um, he threw that book onto a rooftop. He threw his yellow shirt onto a rooftop. And then he fucked off back to Arizona. Okay. So Robert would say that when he heard on the news that Rebecca had died... He felt as if he was having a heart attack. But I mean, like, these are the risks you take when you shoot someone in a, their fucking chest. With a 357 Magnum and shoot somebody in the heart, it, it's, it could go 50-50. I mean, like, even if you just shoot somebody in the leg, like, you should probably be aware that there's a good <laughs> shot that you don't have a heart attack, that's for sure, because these, these are very real possibilities. <laughs> um, he couldn't help but blame himself. for something. He felt somewhat responsible. 
So during Robert's trial, Marsha Clark. Oh. Never heard of her? Pre-perm. Who was, in case you don't remember, um, the O.J. Simpson prosecution. So this guy is free now, I assume. <laughs> so I can only assume that this guy is, is walking free. So he, um, you know, she's best known for O.J., Robert's defense was that he had reached into his pocket to get the cassette and letter, and he had mistaken a paper bag that held his gun for the letter. What is with paper bags and holding weaponry? I think it was like the 80s, so it was like a lot more expensive to buy it. Like you didn't want to buy like a sachet. That's true. It was pricey. So, you know, Robert's gun was in the back of his pants, and an eagle-eyed Marsha noticed that during... His interrogation, which was videotaped, when he was asked about the shooting, he walked officers through it. And when he was imitating getting the gun, instead of going into his pocket where he would have had the letter and the cassette, he reached into his back waistband where he kept the gun. And uh, she ended up calling him out on that. So basically she told everybody that he knew what he was doing. Yep. So Robert Bardo ended up being convicted of the death of Rebecca Schaefer in October of 1991, and he was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. In 2007, Robert was stabbed by another inmate 11 times. It was unknown if the stabbing was related at all to the murder of Rebecca. He survived. Mm. Mm. He currently resides in the annual... I don't want to say anal. Just say anal. (laughs) Listen, wherever he is, it's called anal. And... He currently resides in the Anal Palace, uh, in the Anal Aplenty Motor Lodge. <laughs> so, since Rebecca's passing, the U.S. Congress passed the Driver's Privacy Protection Act, which prevents others from obtaining private information for people that they're People are so stalking. fucking stupid. Right? Like, other like... Oh, yeah, they ruined yeah. it for everybody. Here's the address. Yeah, no problem. I could have had Taylor Hansen's address right oh, now, and right. I would have just been... Bringing him nice things, not nice. Taylor Hansen currently resides in anal. (laughs) So in 1990, the U.S. also passed anti-stalking laws for not only celebrities, but for anybody who falls victim to stalking. Pam Dauber. (laughs) That sounds so fucking hilarious. (laughs) Like regular people have no issues whatsoever. It's uh, not fucking great. That's so funny. A stalking law for celebrities and normies, if needed. (laughs) I don't know why you need to stalk a normal person. It's so funny that you say that, Matt, because that's not the first time I've heard you use the term normies. (laughs) 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 So you're just as guilty. (laughs) I love normies and randos are my two favorite words for normal people and random people. Normies and randos. For normal people. Yeah. Okay. So... Like, I know you're an international celebrity. That is correct. What do you refer to yourself as? The uh, elite? The talent, usually. Mm. I don't want it, my head to get too big. I don't want too big of an ego, so I just, right. the talent, no eye contact is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's too much to ask for. No, J-Lo although, didn't. Although, so. here's the thing about the no eye contact. I would love that. Like, I, cause, just because it makes me uncomfortable. No, I know. I get I it. just want to leave work and not have to talk to anybody. And it just makes me uncomfortable sometimes. Like just being in social situations. Do you know that if I'm upset with someone, mm-hmm. if I'm angry at somebody, there's nothing I can do to force myself to physically make eye contact with them. I, I have the same. I'm exactly I can't the do same. It. Yep. 100%. So, like I can't I said, even look at the person. Yeah, you're right. I'm like I said it. to you, 
my middle son is on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And my husband has said to me, I think he gets it from you. He's like, because I can't. Like, I'll be like making him dinner. I'm like, hey, kids, like, did you tell daddy about your day at work? And yeah. I like, can't look at him because I'm so mad at him. Yeah. And he's just like, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made eye contact with that man in years. <laughs> It's the Patreons. It's fine. <laughs> Is your head still attached to your body? <laughs> he could be bleeding out of all of his facial <laughs> orifices, and I have no clue. <laughs> Live in the dream, folks. How many facial orifices are there? Seven? Six? Seven? So, no. Yeah. Eyes, mm, nose, mm, ears. Mm, two, four, yeah. six, okay. seven. Cool. All right. Eight um, if you include the neck. We're so good at, like, doctor stuff. We are pretty good. <laughs> we are pretty, pretty good. So... I said they already passed the stalking laws, um, not only for celebrities, like yourself. For regos. But like for people like me who just, you Normies. know, our pants on one leg at a time. Just normal, regular hotties. Yeah, not, not just people who just dive into their pants two legs at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so Pam Dauber, who was the older sister on the sitcom that Rebecca starred in, said that she and Rebecca were like sisters. And when she was 25, she'd actually lost her real sister, at, who's... She was 22, and then she lost Rebecca, who was only 21. Um, like, that's, I don't know. I just found that extra little fact a little bit awful. There are some people that, not that are attracted to death, but I find that some people have just have, like, well, then you figure all of her stuff with uh, Robin Williams at the end, right? Like, if she worked with him. Yeah. And you're your best bud uh, for years. Holy shit, yeah. Right? Is like this fun, happy guy. How did you make that connection? I mean, I Mork guess. Mork and Mindy. I know, I know. He's Mork. I know. But it was like. <laughs> Did you make that connection? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, apparently you're the international celebrity because you're also super fucking smart. Yeah. <laughs> Beauty, check. Brains, well, she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Just start smoking and stop talking. <laughs> oh, I guess when I was just like me, like. Yeah, it's just footage of your husband beating the shit out of me (laughs) for 40 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and that's the uh, heartbreaking case of the census murder of Rebecca Schaefer. Stalking is fucking, like, it's a mental issue. It's a mental disorder, right? Oh, yeah. There's actually, um, there is, I believe it's a podcast that is from the stalker's point of view. Now, that would be very interesting. And a like, bit controversial, if I'm being honest. But it wasn't like, I think these are like good stalkers, like as weird as Yeah, that the ones that stalk for <laughs> charity, you know, not the ones that are in it for profit. Robin Hood was somewhat of a stalker, they say. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> but um, no, but they would say like they realized that they were a stalker when they were like checking their crushes. Facebook accounts and they were like creating fake Facebook accounts and like doing all this kind of stuff and like oh I get okay like didn't actually harm anyone but like realized that they were susceptible to like being uh, fucking wacky I okay I am guilty of that whoa there are <laughs> Matt's, uh, Matt's fake Facebook account no but there was a girl like just a right like an influencer not somebody super famous an oh. army. And uh, there was two of them. I, I was just like obsessed with following them on on TikTok, well, and I would like just always watch stuff. their videos, and I just unfollowed them because you. Couldn't I was stop? like obsessing and always going to their page to find the newest videos. I was like, okay, listen, fucking creeper McGee, let's slow this down. Your mom's like Matthew. We need to talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Matthew, we need to talk. What is Instagram? <laughs> 
<laughs> so the reason I fell into the Rebecca Schaefer case was one of the other stories that I was going to do today would be Taylor Swift because she's had yeah Taylor Swift has facial recognition um, software at her concerts because of all of the people that have threatened her life. I'm going to get into it on a regular episode because there's so many people that have stalked her. One dude took a shower in her New York apartment and she came home and found him in her bed. And Yeah, how does that happen? Like, another one yeah. broke into her Nashville home. But this facial recognition technology is, like, I'm sure she changes it because she's fucking Taylor Swift and she's a genius. But the way they had it at first, and it was in Nashville because that's when... I think that was her first stalker. Mm -hmm. And it was a kiosk that had like um, rare footage of like rehearsals and stuff like that. And when they would go in, they would take, you know, all your facial points mm -hmm. and it would get sent to like their head office right away. Yeah. And it was, it's crazy because people want to hurt her. Like one of the other guys that I was researching, all he wants is to rape her. And that's the words that he uses always. He never says, I want to make love to you. I never, I don't want to have yeah, sex with you. I fuck. want to rape you. People just have a fucking hate on for, like, I, I'm seeing it a lot. Like, who gives a shit? Fuck. It's just like, a, you know. But then you have Rebecca Schaefer. You have fucking John Lennon. You have all these people. Christina Grimmy that we covered. Yeah. Like, people are insane. And there's actually, it's a syndrome nowadays that's called, um, I think it's celebrity obsession syndrome, something along those lines. And it's still in limbo of being actually defined as a syndrome. Oh, wow. But it yeah. is, there's different levels of it. Like, it's a spectrum. And there's, like, if you, you know, would go to their concert and, you know, all the lyrics to their song. like, But it gets to a point where it's, like, if you're, you know, if things that happen in their life affect your real life mm -hmm. or, like, if you think of hurting them on a regular basis, like, it's just, there's... So many people that are fucking, like, there was even that podcaster recently that one of her fans drove to her house and killed her. No shit. Yeah. Like, not even, like, a super well-known podcaster. Shit. So, awesome. I'm going to kill you later Thank you for is. finishing oh, on that note. If somebody's going to kill you, it was happening before this. That's true. <laughs> that is true. And let's be honest, anybody crazy enough to kill me would be a big fan of mine to begin with. So, they ain't going to be doing no killing. <laughs> The crazy ones are already on my side. So that's that. And I will be doing the Taylor one because I don't want anybody to hurt a little baby angel tag. I got tired of waiting, wondering if you were ever coming around. That's the my only Taylor Swift song you, you have, isn't it? No, but it is, the, it is my favorite. And I was listening to Skater Boy this morning. That's Avril Lavigne. And I'm thinking... That Skater Boy and Love Story, maybe two of the best written love songs of our generation. You know that's Avril Lavigne, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, but still. Okay. Still. You know, she's uh, she's actually, she died from Lyme disease, and now we're uh, just, it's a doppelganger. Was it Lyme disease? Is that what she the theory is? She ha I think yeah. Lyme is like, you just have it. Lyme, yeah. Now, Lyme, like the citrus, never goes away. Olivia, when, I, when she was a baby, because we live like in a cottage and uh it's like just fucking woods everywhere. Yeah. And we get it. You have acres of property. Jesus. But no, it's it, it's literal forestry. And so I took Olivia for a walk in she wasn't even 2 months yet. 
and she got a tick on her ankle. Oh my God. And I only saw it because I was bathing her on the kitchen counter and I had like the little bassinet that mm-hmm. I was bathing her in. And so I put a light up against it and I tried to pull the tick and oh its my God. legs were left. Uh. And then I had to bring her to the doctor and he uh. get it out with pliers. Oh, you use pliers? And she's a fucking baby. Well, and she's so, just you know, screaming bloody month. Oh God. Bloody month. A bloody, bloody month? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> that's, that's a... Whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bloody month. Let's get I out of here. It. I hate it. It's, it's Canadian Thanksgiving. I got to go eat some turkey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to go invite myself over to somebody's dinner. <laughs> you no. want to come to my parents? <laughs> no. No, no, no. It's just pity in me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll All right. be fine. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.